A couple answers that I got, I won't say names. One is one person said, I have learned to appreciate having good health and the value of living in a free country. Another person says, I enjoy my family and my kids. Someone else says, I appreciate many things. One would be that I'm thankful that I was raised in a Christian home in southeast Montana. I'm going to give anybody the opportunity to come up here and say something about what they appreciate about being alive. Okay, so any adults, if you want to come up here, I said you could have a sucker. Okay? And I also got Jolly Ranchers. Kids, I'm hoping you'll come up here and tell me one of uh, two questions. What's the best part about being alive? And what is one thing you hope to do with your life? So if you're willing to answer one of those two questions, uh, come on up here. Don't make me stand up here by myself. Okay, we got two. All right, three. Four. All right, good. This is easy candy. Doesn't get any easier than this. Okay, Tavin, what is the best part about being alive? It could be family, it could be the ranch, it could be school, it could be girls, it could be sports, it could be sports. Okay, what sport in particular is it? Football, okay. Uh, what's one thing you hope to do with your life? Become a farmer. All right, there you go. How to have whatever you can pick out of it. All right. Blaine, what do you enjoy the most about being alive? Your family. Way to go, family. Uh, what's one thing you hope to do with your life? Be a rancher. Okay, there you go. Anybody else? Easy candy. I dare you to come up here. Molly. What is one thing you like about being alive? Like, what's one thing you like to do? I don't know. What about play with your toys? I like to play with my toys. I like to play with my toys. All right. Do you know what you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. Okay, that's close enough. All right. Here, why don't you pick one of those? Okay, Caleb. What is one thing you enjoy about being alive? Did you get to have family? Okay, and what, what would you like to do with your life? Be a doctor. Okay, well, you guys just look forward to one day when you break something that you get to be careful with the doctor. All right. Okay, anybody else? There's lots of candy left up here. No takers. Okay, I'm not going to wait for this awkward silence. I'm going to end it right now. Hey, awesome. Yeah. I'll take an answer from the audience. Yeah. I'm glad. We're going to talk about that just a tiny little bit. God put us in a, a spe special place, a special time that he preordained uh, for you. So um, I definitely could say I'm glad I was born in America. Uh, I would have picked a different time, but we'll get to that a little bit. So, um, okay, let's go to the Lord and let's ask God's blessing. Father God, I thank you again for your word. I thank you for how much you care about life. Every age, every stage. God, every part of it, God, that you were involved in it, that you didn't just throw us on this earth and then watch us to see what we would do with it, but you were involved in every part of it. God, I just pray that you'd speak through me, 
in a powerful way so that we would understand a little bit better how much you really do love us, and how much you really do care for us. And we would change our lives accordingly. So, how many people here like to go people watch? Is that something people like to do? Uh, when I when we lived in down border Spokane, one thing that Leslie and I would would do is we go walk around the mall. I get my little cookie dough ice cream and I walk around the mall and watch people, or I'd sit on a bench and just watch. You see people fighting, you see people shopping, you see kids begging their parents for another toy, you see all sorts of things, and I just get a kick out of it. Well, I live in Pleasant, Montana. How am I going to do that? <laughs> I can't. So we, we do the next, best, the next best thing is we get online and we watch YouTube. And whatever the kids put on is kind of what it is. Uh, we watch things like from as crazy as uh, people hopping in a shopping cart and getting pushed down a hill. And the next thing you know, they hit the bottom and they're falling forward on their faces. Or people trying to race their dirt bikes up the hill. It's impossible just to get just close enough to the top and let it go. Or you see people in storms. You know, there's, there's big storms all over this world because there's all these natural disasters and they're just trying to survive. Or people who are uh, driving cars and they're running into people because they're not paying attention. You're just, there's gobs of things that you can watch uh, that gives you the opportunity to see people watch. And as I watch people, and even like uh, when I used to go to basketball games, you could sit and watch the other team, see how people interact. I start to realize, as honorary as people are, Scott and I had this conversation on Wednesday about how difficult people really are, because people are difficult. I mean, if you're, if you're in charge of people, or you're trying to lead people, or you're trying to talk to people, it, they can be just really a pain. And you can say that about me, you can say that about everybody. Y'all understand, right, that people can be difficult, but I love people. And as much as I love people, I have to stop and realize, how much more does God love people? God loves people far more than ever I could ever dream of loving people. God cares about people at every age. You know, if you're, if you're on the, the brink of death or you're unborn, every, every part of in between, every stage, every walk of life, God loves people. I almost titled this message, God loves people. And he loves people more than anything. And today is Right to Life Sunday. And we're going to be specifically talking about the unborn. In Scripture, there's a lot of evidence out there that shows how much God cares about life even before it's born, before we are born. Scripture shows us uh, the three things we're going to look at. God is involved in our creation before we are born. God's involved in our position, kind of where you're at right now in life and what you're capable of doing. Even as far as your birth order, God's involved in that, and God's involved in your salvation all before you were born, which makes being unborn a very special and very important place to be. So first of all, we see that God is involved in creation. Obviously, we know that, uh, but there's, I'm going to look at a little bit of what that means. Uh, here's a little quiz for all you adults, kids. Okay, no adult has to answer out loud. It's just I'm curious what you think. Um, a couple weeks ago, we talked in Awana about Adam and Eve. We're starting to go through the Old Testament and kind of see the whole big picture. When we talked about Adam and Eve, and I was stunned because I asked, what was Adam made out of? And guess what? Kids could tell me the answer. We didn't ever discuss that, but they knew it. So uh, 
Think in your mind, or tell me out loud if you want to, what, were, what was Adam made out of? Dirt, right? Yeah, someone said he's made out of dirt. The Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So, and it's amazing, because God didn't make the giraffe out of dirt. He didn't make the elephant out of dirt. He just spoke, and all these things were created. And when it came to man, he said, I'm going to take a little bit of dirt. I'm going to make this six-foot-four, giant of a man, bulky muscles, Tarzan-looking man here, and say, I'm going to call him Adam. Because that's a better name than Tarzan. Isn't it? I'm going to build this man. And he says, let's make a woman for him because it's not good for man to be alone. What did God make Adam out of? One of Adam's ribs, special, special creation, it says, the, then the Lord made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. So he says, you know, we're going to spend a little bit more time because the woman is a little more delicate or a little more something else. And he takes his rib and somehow miraculously makes a woman out of it and says, here, Adam. And Adam got all excited and said, wow, thank you for making me such a beautiful partner for the rest of my life. Now that's how Adam and Eve were created. But no one else was created that way. We, we read, uh, Darren read in the scripture reading, how everybody else was created. In Psalms 139, verses 13 through 16. It says, For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Uh, it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So God knit us together in our mother's womb. You know, knitting, I've never tried knitting. you got to, like two little sticks and you're trying to do certain things. But if you've knitted a sweater or a scarf or a blanket or anything, you know that takes time, right? You don't just sit down and whip this thing out in five minutes. It's a process, depending on how big of something that you're making. So when God is knitting together us in our mother's womb, it's a process. It takes nine months uh, for a baby to be fully matured before it's ready to come out on its own. Uh, I've, I've read somewhere it's about 237 days uh, for a baby to come out. Through, through, mirac through a miracle, you know, babies come out sooner, and they can live on life support until their organs develop. But God is determined that he would that it should be, obviously, that the whole process. Uh, I have a nephew and a niece, they're twins. They, they're one of those medical miracle babies. They came out of the womb. I don't know how early they were, uh, but it was, and this was like 19 years ago. But they came out of the womb, and they had to live on the life support, right? And God allowed them to live, and they're once getting married here uh, in a couple months. But God has ordained, he has knit together a person in their mother's womb. So God is taking care of our physical image. He is involved in that. He says, hey, I want you to look like this. Now, whether you go, man, I'm a good-looking person. I can't believe God did this to me. Or you say, I can't believe God did this to me. <laughs> God made you look exactly the way that you want, he wants you to look, exactly the way that he wants you to be. But God was not just involved in your physical creation, right? There's more to it. God was involved in your spiritual image as well. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And there's some various aspects to this about what does it mean to be made in God's image. Well, first of all, we, God doesn't have a physical body, so he didn't say, you're going to have a physical body like I did. So it's got to mean something else. 
One thing that this means is we have a relational likeness with God. And 1 John 1, 3 says, what we, have, what we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship was with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. God created us to have a relationship with Him. Very simple, a relationship with Him. So let me ask you, do you have a relationship with God? Because He wants to have one with you. The only way you can start having a relationship with God is by admitting that you are a sinner and trusting Jesus to save you from the punishment of your sin. Do you have a relationship with God? And then let me ask you, how's that relationship going these days? You know, are you spending time praying to God? Talking. I mean, you know, if I went several days without talking to my wife, that's not going to go well, right? If you did it with a friend, that doesn't count as much of a relationship. Having a relationship with God involves praying. It involves reading His Word. God communicates a lot through His Word. Steve pointed out sometimes God communicates uh, through your mind like He wants you to do something crazy. He talked about the story of, of somebody who felt like God was asking them to deliver milk to a stranger's house in the middle of the night, and he did it. Because that person was walking in fellowship with God, they were capable of doing that. And then when you're hearing what God's asking you to do, are you taking and going and doing it? Relying on the Holy Spirit to help you to accomplish what he's asking you to do. You have the potential to have a relationship with God. Do you know who doesn't have a potential to have a relationship with God? My dog does not have the potential to have a relationship with God. Uh, they say man or dog is man's best friend. And maybe he is, but that doesn't mean he has, can ever have a relationship with God. We have a, uh, a um, natural relationship, but we also have a, uh, no, we also, we have a relational likeness, but we also have a natural one. Um, John 4.24 says, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. God gave us his spirit. Acts 7.59, when Stephen was getting stoned, he says to Jesus, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit, because he has a spirit. When he died, guess what his body did? It fell to the ground. They took it. They buried it, dug a hole. They stuck it in the ground, and that's where his body stayed. But his spirit went to be with the Lord, because God gave him a spirit. Guess who doesn't have a spirit? My dog. My dog, Trouble, does not have a spirit. So when he dies, that's it. I mean, I like the dog, but that is completely it. Uh, I did learn as a kid, and I've I mentioned this before, you don't tell that to a bunch of kids at camp, that their dog is not, or cats are not going to heaven because they don't have a spirit. Um, some speaker made that mistake. It was a terrible night after chapel. We, <laughs> we also have a moral likeness. In Psalms 86.11, the, the author says, Teach me your ways, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. We have a conscience. We have the capability of learning this is what God's Word says and doing it. When we get saved, we have the Holy Spirit who comes into our life and He directs us to do what He's asked us to do. Guess who has no moral likeness? My dog, Trouble, has no, your horse, your cat, your cow has no moral likeness. My dog can learn through trial and error what is okay and what is not okay. But he can't decide on his own, this is a good thing for me to do, or this is not. Okay, because God didn't create him that way. He just learns out of fear of the master what to do and what not to do. All of life matters to God. 
even the life of the unborn. He, he loved life so much of the unborn that he created them in his image. Um, he was there through every process of growth, but he didn't stop there. God cares about the, the, the creation of the body, but he also cares about what comes next. And we, I call that the, the involvement in the position that you find yourself in today. God cares about that, and he ordained that before you were ever born. You guys know the story of Jacob and Esau. Uh, and here in Romans chapter 9, verse 10 through 12, it says, Before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad, right? So they are in the womb. Uh, before one had done anything to make you, you decide you would like one or prefer one over the other, uh, she was, Rebecca was told the older will serve the younger. They had absolutely nothing to do with that decision. God was in complete control. Said before creation, uh, sorry, Esau, you are going to serve your younger brother, Jacob. And that's obviously what happened. You think about kids in the order of birth that they were. Um, I have a twin brother. We were in the womb at the same time. And guess who came out first? I did. Why? I was smaller. I don't know. I, we, we fought in the womb and said, who you go first? I'm not going first. Who knows? But God determined that I would come out first. When I have, when you think about Noah and Caleb, Noah was born three and a half years before Caleb. Why didn't Caleb come first? Why was Daisy first? Or why was Blaine last? You don't know, but God knows. And God has determined that's exactly what he wanted. So God is involved in our, our, our place in life, but God is involved in the timing of your life. That you were born and whatever year it was, but you are alive now in 2021, doing whatever it is that you are doing. It says, he determined the times for them and the exact places where they should live. You might say, like me, I wish I was, I was around when Andy Griffith was around in the 1950s, right? When color TV was black and white. <laughs> that just seems, we watch that show all the time, and it just seems like such a perfect time, which really I'd have to go back and read about history to see what it was like. But it just seems like such a nice time. And if I was born there, you know what? I might not have gotten saved. I might not have cared at all about God. I might have done something completely different. He says he set the exact places where they should live uh, so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him. God puts you exactly where you are to accomplish what exactly what he wants you to do. And, and hopefully that you will reach out and you will to, to find salvation through him. So God was involved in the timing of your life. God was involved in the ability that you have. Uh, Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God had a relationship with Jeremiah before he was born. He says, Before you were born, I set you apart to be a prophet to the nation. Jeremiah had absolutely nothing to do with that. It was while he was in his mother's womb, God says, Jeremiah, this is what I want for you. I want you to go and be a prophet to the nation. Before birth, God had complete control and complete involvement in everything. So God cares about the unborn life, uh, the way they're created before they're born, what they're going to do with their life before they were born. But God cares about more than that. God cares about the eternity of the unborn life as well. God has, Scripture shows us, involvement from God in our salvation. In Ephesians 1, verse 3 through 6, it talks, talks about this. It says in verse 4, He chose us in Him 
before the creation of the world. Verse 5 says, He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. When did all this take place? When did God determine that He wanted you to be saved? It was before the creation of the world. Before you had done anything good or bad. He didn't look in the future. Some people have the view that God looked into the future and said, Oh, you know what? Josh is going to believe on me, so I'm just going to ordain that he gets saved now. Or Josh is going to do X, Y, and Z, so I'm going to pick him to be saved. God didn't do that. God in his infinite wisdom and power said, You know what? I want Josh to be saved, and I'm going to call him, and I'm going to make sure that he gets saved. When, when God predestined, it means that he determined beforehand. He decided ahead of time. Before the womb, God determined who would be adopted as his sons. And if you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, guess what? You are one of those who are predestined to be adopted as a child of God. Now, honestly, this can be a touchy issue for some people. If we, if we think about this long enough, we can say, well, wait a second. How come this person was predestined to go to heaven? And why not this person? Well, that is, that is a good question. But when you stop and you think about it, you know, God didn't pick people based off of what they were going to do. Because everybody is deserving of the same punishment. Everybody deserves hell. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned. Romans 6.23 says, because you sin, you don't deserve to go to heaven. And so all of us are deserving of eternal suffering and hell away from God forever. But God in his whatever crazy love that he has says, I'm going to choose these people to be part of my kingdom, to be part of my family up in heaven. And if that bothers you, I want you to do something about it. Not just think how God does not fair, how God could you do that, but do something about it. First of all, I'd say, make sure that you are saved. Make sure that you put your trust in Jesus alone for salvation. Because the Bible says, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And Romans 10.13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you think it's unfair that God's letting some people into heaven and not other people, I would suggest that you make sure you are one of those people who trust Jesus as your Savior because God will give you eternal life. You will be one of those who are predestined. And if you say there's people out there, what about them? Are they predestined or are they not predestined? I would suggest that you get out there and tell them. Give them the opportunity to hear the gospel, to put their faith in Jesus. Invest in their life. Be the witness. Be the testimony so that they see Jesus is really real so that they, they ask you those questions, so that you have the opportunity to speak that truth into their life. Because if they put their faith in Jesus, guess what? They will have eternal life. If they call on Him for salvation, I promise you, I would stake my salvation on it. God could send me to hell if it is not true. I believe it that much, that whoever goes who puts their faith in Jesus will have eternal life. So if it bothers you that some people are saved and some are not Get out there and share it with those people so that they have the same opportunity that you do. And I will even help you. If you want me to go with you to talk to somebody about the Lord, I will go with you. If you want scriptures to know what to share people with the gospel, I will do that. Um, I got an email from somebody that doesn't go to this church this week. 
And they asked me some questions. I got some Jehovah's Witness friends. And they, they brought up these, these kinds of questions. And I'm like, I love this. For one, I mean, they're doing all the hard work of talking to the people. But they're asking me, and if that's what you need to do, ask me, I will direct you to answer. I will go with you. I will pray with you. I will do whatever except do it for you. Because they're your friends, right? They're your people. But God wants us to get out there and to share. And I will do my level best to go with you to help you. And sometimes people, getting back on this baby track thing, they look at a baby in the womb as a, a blob of tissue or a little bit of nothing. You know, when you first see, you find out that you're pregnant, you, you can't even tell if this is going to turn into anything. But as the baby grows, it becomes a baby. And people who don't look at a baby as a baby, they're looking at God's creation, and they're not realizing it's God's creation. God says, I, I give life, I take life. I, I put the baby in the womb. I want it to be there. I, that baby is made in my image. I designed that baby. I gave that baby a soul. I have a design for that baby in mind that I want that baby to carry out. That baby was created in God's image. God has a purpose for the baby, and God wants a relationship with that baby as well. Now, we personally have no idea what that baby is going to do. You know, there's been babies that aborted that could have been doctors. They could have been mothers. They could have been teachers. They could have been dentists. They could have been preachers. They could have been ranchers. We have no idea what those babies could have been because someone says, this, I don't want that. It's inconvenient. It's uncomfortable. Oops, I didn't plan to have that baby, whether married or not. And they say, I'm going to get rid of this little problem. It's going to go away. We have no idea what God was going to do with those little lives because they never had a chance. And if God cares enough about a little life in a womb to, to design it, to, to, to give it a certain set number of days, to give it a, a plan and a purpose, uh, what do you think we should think about that little life? God cares about that, the creation of that baby in the womb. We should care about that little life as well. And if God cares about what that baby would become, enough to give it a purpose, a calling, or something that he's designed it to be, then we should care about that little life too and what it was intended to be. And if God cares about the salvation before the creation of the world, of every little life, then we should care about those little lives as well. It's real easy to say, you know what, there's hundreds or thousands of them every day and we can't do anything about it and just let it be like it's just another statistics, it's overwhelming, I can't handle it, and just let it go. You know, I think about our world and I think about all the problems that are involved in it. How many things that we take and we do nothing about? Unborn life, God cares about that more than... Uh, we understand. And I think it's, it's, it's in time, and it's important for us to do something about it. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to, first of all, be the voice for the unborn. You know, that little life in that womb is not going to ever come out and say, hey, thanks, Josh, for praying for me, or thanks, Josh, for, for talking to my mom for me, because that little life is never going to know that you ever talked to that mother or you ever talk to that dad who's trying to twist the arm of that mother to get rid of that life? But be the voice. When you have opportunity, kids, when you are in school, when you go to college, and they start trying to cram all this 
abortion is okay and we've got to reduce the number of the lives on this earth, uh, abortion is a great way to do that. Stand up and say, you know what, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to at least voice uh, God's thoughts about this unborn life. Be the voice of the unborn to the world. But all of us, we need to be the unborn, the voice of the unborn before God. We need to get on our knees. We need to pray and ask that God would stop this. Uh, we need to, you know, pray for people that we don't even know. There are women out there right now, I bet they're just sitting on their couch, you know, frantic, like, what am I going to do? My parents are going to kill me. I'm a 17-year-old girl in high school, and uh, what about my future? The boyfriend doesn't want anything to do with me. My dad's a preacher. A preacher. Uh, you know, who knows? And I'm going to be killed if I don't do this. Whatever those kind of crazy examples you can think of, pray for those people. You don't know them, just say, God, help those people to make the right decision. Do it, pray on behalf of the unborn before God. And I, after church, I want to do that. Um, if you're willing to stick around, I just want to spend, like last week we prayed for our nation. I just want to spend a, spend a couple minutes, uh, 10 minutes praying for the unborn. Pray for the, for the people who have had abortions. Pray for the people who are anticipating doing that, that they would say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take my chances. I'm going to trust God to get me through this. But also, uh, I want to encourage you to find some other way to get involved in, in standing up or in a ministry that supports life. I know Kathy Johnson's tried to do that. Um, she's kind of our, I think it's called a liaison or in-between person between us and the, the pregnancy center. And it's kind of hard to really get involved there, you know, uh, because it's so far away and there's not a whole lot that we can do, especially with the COVID. But there are other things that we can do. We can use our money to support life. Uh, we, we have people that we can talk to, um, just get the word out that that's there. You know, we, we, there's just, when the opportunities come to do the baby bottle, when it comes to pass out a flyer, when it comes to whatever, we just be encouraged to do what you can do to uh, support life for the unborn. God doesn't just care about the unborn. God cares about you too. You know, everybody here who's Mally just turned four, and I don't know how old the oldest person is, but that whole spectrum, God cares about every stage, every person of life. He, he created you to be just the way that you wanted you to be. He made you so that you could have a relationship with Him. God says, I want to, I have a purpose and a plan for your life, and I want you to fulfill it. I want you to have salvation, so I'm going to do what it takes to give you salvation. You know, God didn't do uh, what, um, God didn't do what, uh, what I kind of suggested, or what it mentioned like with the YouTube. You know, he didn't just put us on this earth to watch us and see how crazy, really how stupid we could be. I mean, there are just so many stupid things people do, and you just feel sorry for them. But God didn't put them on and say, hey, I'm just kind of curious. What are people going to do on this earth? Ooh, oh, that looks like it hurt. I'm just, just curious. I can't believe you guys would come up with these ideas, and I never thought of it before. You know, he didn't say, I'm just bored. I want something to do. He put us on this earth so that he could have a relationship with us. He loves us. He made us in his image. He wants to have that relationship with us. But something happened. It's called sin. And that broke that, that relationship. Mankind didn't have that relationship with God. They couldn't have that 
relationship with God because of sin. So Jesus says, okay, I'm going to make it right. I'm going to help you people to have a relationship with the Father. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die on the cross and take your punishment for your sins. So if you trust me for salvation, you will have it. We screwed the relationship up, but Jesus made a way to make it right for us again. So have you trusted Jesus as your Savior? Because that's why God created you, is to have a relationship with Him. And if not, why not? If you have questions, please feel free to ask. Talk to each other. Hopefully everybody in here could say, simply put, this is what the Bible says about the gospel. A side note, um, I don't know anybody personally who's ever had an abortion. Uh, maybe inside this room, you do. Maybe you know two or three people. I have, I have no idea. Uh, but I would encourage you that if you have opportunity to talk to them, let them know that that is not the unforgivable sin. God loves them. God will forgive them of that, just like he forgives the thief on the cross, just like he forgives the, the little kid who steals a piece of candy. God will forgive everything that we can possibly do, so don't let them go through the rest of their life feeling like God hates them and God won't love them and forgive them, because that's not the truth. God loves them and will forgive them if they will only ask. For, for the rest of this, uh, God created you to be the way that you wanted, you wanted you to be. So when you get home today, look in the mirror and say, God, thank you for making me look like this. God, uh, be grateful that God put you on this earth for the time that you live and with the abilities that he gave you to, to have. Because God put you here for such a time as this. It may not amount to something so amazing as Esther, but God put you on the earth for such a time as this. He put you in the neighborhoods. He put you on the basketball team. He put you in the, the companies that you are involved in for such a time as this. All those other people that we come in contact with for such a time as this. And then praise God because he offered and he gave you salvation. God made a way so that you could have a relationship with him. And I want you to, if you have a relationship with God, take time to say thank you for picking me. And God, please help me to let the world out there know that you, you want to pick them as well. Let's, let's pray and just thank God for our lives. And let's pray and ask God to uh, be with those unborn lives that they would get to live the full life that God wanted them to live. Father God, I thank you for my life. God, you've given me 42 years. And I know I haven't always taken full advantage of it in, in serving you and even doing whatever I could have done but I thank you for this life. I thank you for the abilities that you gave me. I thank you that you have put me here for such a time as this, in Plevna, Montana, with my family, with my kids, even having Mally be a part of our family for such a time as this. God, I pray that you'd help each of us to, to really be grateful to you for the way that you made us. We would take advantage of the opportunity that we could have fellowship with you. And God, I pray for... Uh, that we would really understand the salvation that you gave us as well. If anybody is here who does not know you, God, please, I know you created them to have the relationship with you, help them to trust you. And we all know people who need to have that relationship with you. Please help us to share it with them. God, there's a lot of lives out there right now that are in a womb that are going through the whole process that you are, are knitting them together that are thinking life is going to continue as it's supposed to. And I pray that it does. I pray that you would help mothers to say, no, I'm going to trust you, God, in this. I pray that you would help these fathers to make 
your choices to keep that life. I pray that the families who find out of an unexpected pregnancy would be supportive financially, watching the kids, physically, whatever it is it's going to take to help that life live. I just pray that you give them the courage and the ability to do that. And I pray this in Jesus' name.